Hello, this is G. Craig Lewis uh, with EX Ministries again here for another installment of our EX cast uh, for EXMinistries.com. I'm here with a uh, very anointed man of God who has a word, I believe, for this generation and actually has information for why a lot of things we're seeing are, are happening in our churches today. Uh, minister, evangelist, Will Ford. Amen. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Will. Blessed to be here, too. Amen. And we're, we're just here, and we're going to just kind of discuss some things. He has a book and some materials that he has written, and I believe God has just given him some revelation for this time, because a lot of things that we deal with, even at EX Ministries, a lot of things that we're seeing that are happening in the body of Christ, uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of times people don't want to look behind the scenes and see mm -hmm. what spirit is motivating that, what is exactly. done, why it's done. And I believe that this is an opportunity we're going to have to really discuss the whys and, and, and help us to be able to discern uh, the motive behind some of the things that that a lot of uh, ministers and people with platforms are doing in the body of Christ. Kind of just, Will, if you could, just kind of give us your uh, kind of some background information as far as how you got into the intercessory prayer that you do as well as uh, the information that God has given you, the revelation. Well, uh, basically, I've been, I've been an intercessor for years. It's always been a band of mine. Uh, uh, I always had a heart for prayer. Uh, but just in the past five years, God has taken it to another level in terms of me uh, expanding the, the, my realm of authority that, that he's called me to in terms of governmental intercession. When I mean governmental intercession, I'm talking about praying for uh, not just the government, but also <clears throat> releasing God's government or governance into situations. Praying, you know, we, we see in Isaiah 22, 22, what you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, loose on earth shall have been loose in heaven, because that's Matthew 16, 19. Isaiah 22, 22 says, uh, I give you the key to the house of David. <clears throat> what you open, no man will shut. What you shut, no man will open. Praying along those lines. And uh, God has uh, really had me do a lot of stuff, stealth, stealth intercession, going to different places, different regions, uh, taking a team of intercessors to pray, uh, sometimes prayer walking, uh, different places in Washington, D.C., even connecting with key leaders and uh, praying with them. So I've been doing uh, things along those lines for about, uh, about five, six years. Okay. And uh, what are some of the things that have, uh, I guess, some of the revelation, and I know you can't go into everything here, and I'm going to definitely put information on the website where you can be contacted and people can get more information, but some of the things that me and you have talked about, uh, you know, your piece on abortion as well as influence, which I think is the most powerful thing that's in you, that just the whole concept of influence, because, you know, we're, we're seeing now the TV has more influence than the local church. Most definitely. The, 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 the preacher on TV can now be whatever he wants to be behind the scenes. Right. The TV makes him into an influential voice automatically. Automatically. And uh, so when did God begin to reveal those things to you? Well, you know, it was, it was birthed out of a dream that I had uh, where, where simply, you know, uh, the Lord basically said to me uh, through a person that I know, you know, God is really teaching me a lot through this story about a hippophil. And I woke up from the dream and I thought, a hippo what? A hippo who? What is that? A hippophil, you know? And so about four months later, I kind of blew it off as a pizza dream. But four months later, my Bible fell open to 2 Samuel chapter 15. And I saw the name Ahithophel. I thought, okay, this is important to the Lord. So I began to search this whole story. It turns out Ahithophel was a person 
who was the political strategist strategist. If Carl Rove and James Carver were in the same room with the Hitler they fall down at this man's feet and worship him. Because he knew how to spin public opinion better than anybody. And he was David's best friend at one time in his life. But at, toward this time of his life, in 2 Samuel chapter 15, he turns against David and starts helping Absalom, David's son, overthrow David, the Lord's anointed. And this entire story is all about influence. Two different types of influences operate through two different types of people. One's a celebrity, the other one's a star. And I'll get to that in a moment. So if you look at the whole story, David, 2 Samuel 15, 31, he says, and when he finds that Ahithophel is involved in this whole situation, he says, Oh Lord, I pray, make the counsel of Ahithophel foolishness. This is how concerned he was about this man being involved in this whole coup attempt. So I backed up and looked at what other scholars said about him. And many scholars believe that the coup attempt uh, put together by, by Absalom, they felt that it was engineered by Ahithophel. Second Samuel chapter 7 going all the way to about thir verse 13. You see how Absalom put the whole cool attempt together. So what he does is he gets <clears throat> he, he, he says uh, you know uh, Father you know I had this prophetic word over my life that I was supposed to be king in Hebron let me be king in Hebron. And so David says okay go in peace. So he went to Hebron. But then the Bible says that he secretly sent men with trumpets out. And as he walked through the city people would blow the trumpets and say Absalom is king in heaven. Then he got 200 men who knew nothing about the coup attempt to innocent walk with him from Jerusalem on the way to heaven. Now, these, these 200 innocent guys are not just probably, they're probably not Joe Blow citizens. They're probably people of, of great respect. They're probably, you know, uh, your well-respected uh, athlete, uh, most respected uh, uh, mentor or teachers of that time period or, 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 or so, someone like that. So he's walking down the street with these guys and they blow the trumpet and say Absalom's king in Hebron when this happens all of a sudden this euphoria takes over in all of Israel and these guys who are just walking down the street they're lending their credibility to Absalom and they don't even realize it. you know the way I picture it you know <clears throat> imagine me showing up and maybe maybe you showing up you got too much discernment on you probably see the thing oh, a mile up <laughs> but let's just say for example walking down the street with an Absalom and uh, I, I say, hey, Craig, you know, I'm surprised to see you. You get the email? Yeah, I got the email. Okay, what are we doing? Oh, we're just going to take this little stroll to, to Hebron with Absalom. So we're walking down the street, and all of a sudden, ah, the trumpet blows. And the way I picture it, the confetti starts to fall. And Absalom gets the one thing everybody looks for at the political convention. He gets bounce. He gets public sway of emotion. And everybody's caught up in the hype. I, I picture the music start to blow. Absalom's king and everybody's caught up in the hype. But there's some people on the sidelines who are thinking, hold up, this doesn't just sound like he's going to be king in Hebron. This sounds like he's going to be king in all of Israel, but is this right? Then they look over and they see G. Craig Lewis. They see Will Ford. Hey, they're walking with Absalom. Must be okay. And then the Bible literally says that all of the hearts of men in Israel ran after Absalom. Everybody, the whole nation is caught up under this influence so powerfully that there's a man who curses King David as David is fleeing from Israel. And nobody would ever dare curse a king in that time period out of fear for their lives. This man basically embodies the resentment of the entire nation at that time period. And so David says, hey, you know, well, his, his men around him say, hey, you want to go take this man out? He said, no, nah, you know, maybe it's the Lord. You know, how's my son? All he cared about was his son Absalom. He was so broken 
He cared more about his relationship with God than he did about having something wrong. That's how David was. And, and, and that's the difference in the types of influence that operate through both of them. But anyway, so the Lord showed me something. He said, William, you would, you would not understand this story without understanding the power of influence. Craig, influence is not what I thought it was. Literally, <clears throat> I always, you know, always when we talk about influence, we think of it as a verb. Literally, it's a noun in the dictionary. It's a thing. It's a substance. In 1918, Merriam-Webster Dictionary, here's the original definition for influence. Are you ready? Influence. An ethereal fluid that flows from the stars and affects the actions and behaviors of mankind. Ethereal meaning from another realm or the heavens. Could be said a heavenly fluid that flows from the stars and affects the actions and behaviors of mankind. Back then they believed that the flu or the influenza was something that emanated from the stars, was carried out the stars' desire to make mankind sick in mass. So they felt that any person who had favor with the stars had influence released through them so powerfully that it released an epidemic mass persuasion one way or another. So that's where in, in the word influenza basically derived. Yeah, they're both influence and influenza derived from the medieval Latin French word influentia. And it meant it had, to, it had this connection to the occult, which is uh, an occult power that derives from the stars. That's literally one of the other definitions for influence. In Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, 1918. Check it out. Look at it online. Uh, so, wait, wait, wait. so influence is not something that is done. It's something that is. Is that what you're saying? Influence is a spiritual force. Now, the, the, the today's definition of influence is a spiritual force or moral force, which knowingly or unknowingly affects the actions and behaviors of others, consciously or unconsciously. So it's not if you're being influenced. It's what is influence. Right. And there is a cause and effect to influence. You know, there in a related cause and effect, one thing influences something else to happen. But primarily, influence, <coughs> uh, first and foremost, is a spiritual force. We have to understand it as such. So I started looking at this and uh, in uh, Job uh, 38:31, talking about um, uh, God speaking to Job. And we see that same definition from 1918 used there, King James Version. Uh, God speaking to Job, and he says to Job, Job, canst thou bind the sweet influences of the Pleiades, the loose the cords of Orion? Pleiades is a star cluster. Orion is a constellation. So God's saying to Job, can you bind not just the influence, but the sweet influence of these stars, or loose their cords from the heavenly realm? Now, what is God doing? He's speaking on two different realms at the same time. In one realm, he's talking about the natural stars we see above us every night. The word influence there comes from the root Hebrew word anod, and it means to chain, bind, or grip. So God is talking about the grip that he has over the stars and the constellations and the influence that he has over mankind to behold his majesty. But on another realm, he's talking about another group of stars. He's talking about the third of the stars that fell with Satan in Revelation 12 that occupy that second heaven level realm. They release 2 Corinthians 10 through 5, thoughts and pretenses that exalt itself against God's truth. And they grip the hearts and minds of people, band whole populations together, and sway their opinions into the kingdom of darkness and away from the kingdom of light by influence. By influence. So, now, when I began looking at this, I'm like, hold up, you know, this is how this thing operates. The 
if someone has favor with the stars, then this is where this whole, the whole word influence was first connected to astronomers in the code. They believe anybody who has favor with the stars, the stars have influence over your destiny. So I started looking at this, and I remember in the Bible, uh, you know, the fallen angels, yeah, they represent stars, but also we have stars that were on our behalf. It talks about that in Job and other scriptures. So the good news is this, is that we have influence too. It flows from the bright morning star, Jesus Christ, and it doesn't operate the same way as the world system's way of influence operates. The wisdom of this world is earthly, it is central, it is demonic. Our influence operates totally differently, and it is way more powerful. Deborah had this understanding, Judges 5 and 20. She's singing her little song about how they overthrew Sisera, the man who was the captain of the Canaanite army, who uh, had the uh, uh, JL drives a tent peg through Sisera's head. 20 years worth of oppression is obliterated because one little housewife drives a tent peg through the strong man Sisera's head. And Israel experienced 40, experiences 40 years of peace. The intimidating influence of the Canaanites is broken off the entire generation. But here's the deal. In Judges 5 and 20, Deborah didn't attribute the victory to what happened on earth. She attributes the victory to what happened in the heavens. Here's what she says in Judges 5 and 20. She says, from the heavens, the stars fought. From their courses, they warred against Sisera. Hold up, Deborah. What are you saying? I thought Sisera was on the ground. What are you saying? She said, because I had favor with the bright morning star, he released his influence on my behalf. And his angelic stars warred against Sisera's demonic fallen stars. And when I got breakthrough in the heavens, it was done on earth as it was in heaven because I had influence in the right place. So uh, the way I like to say it is when you stake yourself to God's promises in your prayer tent, God will use your intercession like a peg to annihilate the enemy's influence. And so we have this understanding that the, the, the stars in the Bible represent angels. So we have angels on our behalf that operate in the unseen realm. God operating in the unseen realm, releasing his influence on our behalf. Now, the other thing about stars we need to know is that stars also represent God's people. Uh, in uh, uh, Genesis 15, God said to Abraham, Abraham, look up at the stars and count them if you can. Then he says, so shall your descendants be. When he says, so shall your descendants be, he wasn't just talking about the, uh, the quantity of his descendants. He was also talking about the quality of their essence. In other words, we're called to be stars. Yeah, here's a, but there's a vast difference. I'll get to that in a second. So in Daniel 12, we see the rising stars that war against the fallen stars in Revelation 12. Daniel 12, it says this. It says, the wise men in those days will shine as bright as all the expanse of heaven. And those who lead men into righteousness will shine like stars forever and ever. In other words, we are called to be stars. Why? Because we're Abraham's descendants. So I started looking at this and I thought, hold up, these folks in Hollywood, these folks, all this media exposure, they're not necessarily stars. Because a star, like the bright, like the star that led the wise men of Christ, that's what we should be doing. We should be uh, cosmic traffic cops leading people to the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like they started led the wise men to the Lord Jesus. But unfortunately, you have people who are leading people to themselves and some. Uh, eventually even to just uh, they know exactly where their influence comes from they have favor with fallen principalities and powers and they're leading the entire generation straight into the hands of Satan the evil one so I started looking at this these, I said hold up these folks aren't movie stars they're just celebrities they have second heaven level influence these are folks who have favor with 
you know, falling prince of pounds and pounds. I'll give an example. And, you, and it's funny because I was talking about this long before I heard uh, the stuff that you're doing. So I'm like, man, this is incredible what God is doing right now. He's, he's saying some things are pretty powerful. But the Lord gave me this example. He said, look at Snoop Dogg. You know, Calvin brought us his real name. You know, I pray for him, but I don't, I don't know him. But anyway, here's the deal. 2004, he releases this video, and he shows a bag of marijuana in the video. He talks about women degrading in the video. Still, he says he's still a crip and a gangbang, and that if anybody crosses him, he'll kill him and hide him in a place where nobody will find him. How is it that this guy can have the favor that he does? Why would Leah Coca feel like he has to play golf with Snoop? On, 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 on a commercial to sell Chrysler's. Why does uh, Cadillac feel like they need to make a Snoop DeVille car and sell it? Why Why would uh, T-Mobile feel like they need Snoop to sell mobile phones? You know, in the favor he has uncanny. You know, why do Fortune 500 firms feel like they need to have the endorsement of a gangster rapper? Mm -hmm. It's because he has favor with the stars. He has favor with fallen principalities and powers. And his influence, like the flu, is making a whole generation sick. Now, unfortunately, we have celebrities in the church, too. Oh, gosh. So, you know, a fallen star becomes a church celebrity. Jesus talked about all of these. When he spoke of leaven in the Bible, he was talking about influence. And he said, beware of the leaven or influence of the Pharisees. Beware of the leaven or influence of the Sadducees. Beware of the leaven or the influence of the Herodians. Herodians would represent a worldly central political spirit that makes right. an, 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 an agreement with Jezebel and, and uh, 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 the Sadducees represent hypocrisy. All these represent hypocrisy, but also uh, for for the Sadducees it was doubt and unbelief and hypocrisy. And also for the Pharisees it was legalism and hypocrisy. And so the, the interesting thing about all of those is the word hypocrisy. You know that word comes. That was the word they used back in that time to describe an actor. Yeah. yeah. And so for the church celebrity, image is everything. But unfortunately, when how things look is what matters in your life. How things are will never be dealt with. Yeah. <laughs> Say that again. Yeah. When, when how things look is what matters in your life. How things are will never be dealt with. In other words, people will always say the right thing, but they will never say the real thing. Because wow. image is everything. You can't uh, really address issues going on in your life and everything else because you got to keep the machine going. And pretty soon, when image is everything, you're going to lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. You are going to lie. And so it just, it's just it becomes this breeding ground for secret sins, sexual immorality, and other things. So there's a difference between a celebrity and a star seer. A celebrity will use people to support their authority. The stars use their authority to support people. Celebrities use their influence so they can be around the somebodies of society. The stars use their influence so they can empower the nobodies of society. Celebrities uh, entertain because they're bound to people's opinions. The stars they provoke and they proclaim because they're only bound to God's opinion. Celebrities seek crowds and crowns. Stars seek God and lay down their crowns. If God exalts them, it's because of their humility. Man. <laughs> you know, celebrities. Um, That's wild. Um, you know, basically, celebrities build their own kingdoms. The stars build God's kingdom. So you can either be a celebrity that's bound under second heaven level influence, or you can be a star that rules and reigns with Christ in heaven places. Now, when you say star, though, yeah. you're not talking about the secular uh, idea of a star as far as an actor or a yeah. performer. That's a celebrity. Yeah, because when the sun is out, you don't see the stars. Stars shine in the midst of darkness and tell people what to see. 
man. That's so that's 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 a difference than what we're seeing right now. And so so it's the enemy once again. Yeah. Doing a play on words so that we won't ever really know the truth. The truth behind the thing. The we truth behind it. Look for it because there's a distraction. And I like what you say. As a matter of fact, if you could, and I don't want to get you yeah, off of no, what you're saying, you're but if you could go to that piece as far as the, uh, uh, you know, how you were telling me one one time how the enemy will cause a distraction. It's, it's misdirection, oh, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about that because if we're looking at one thing, and I use it all the time, I'm going to say this, I use it all the time with Tyler Perry, I think. That's one of the biggest uh, misdirection things that our people have seen in a while because while he's making us laugh and, and we're, you know, we're having a good time, he's doing something that's abominable to God and did it and ended up on TBN, yeah. the so-called Christian network, wearing a dress and, and trying to preach scripture and preach the gospel, which is, you know, crazy. Explain that, that the misdirection thing. Well, um... I, I was uh, privy to be in a in this uh, uh, it was a seminar for professional magicians, and uh, this guy was basically talking about misdirection and the power of laughter, and he did this trick right in front of all these professional magicians. You know, and he's well, let me describe the trick. First, he handed out a regular deck of cards out to the audience. And then he, when he got the cards back, he had a miniature size uh, a deck. And he had, a, a, of course, the, the normal size deck of cards. So he had this miniature card case, this huge deck. And he just he cracked a little joke. And then all of a sudden, he takes the regular deck that he received from the audience. And he just morphs it right in front of everybody's eyes into this miniature card case. And all the air was sucked out of the room. These professional magicians like, ah, I don't know where you do that and how do you get over on us? And then he told them, said, well, what I did was during this trick, I switched the regular deck in plain view of y'all. I switched it for a fake collapsible deck. And I just pushed the fake collapsible deck inside of the miniature case right in front of you all. Now, when did I switch it? I, he said, I switched it while you were laughing. He said, laughter is, has a powerful influence on it and force on it. You can't laugh and think at the same time. You can't laugh and process cognition at the same time. And the Lord spoke to me and said, William, this is exactly what is happening with all of our TV shows and everything else. We're laughing at will and grace, but we're accepting the lives of homosexuality and accepting it as normal. We're laughing at uh, two and a half men and accepting promiscuity as normal. We're laughing at different things. And the enemy is able to inoculate us with, you know, this uh, laughing gas. Hmm. And he's able to inject deception in us at the same time. So the, what the enemy does is he uses influence and deception together. Daniel uh, 825, New American Standard Version, it says that when Antichrist comes, it says he's going to deceive many people by influence. Now, Doc, here's the deal. Deception alone is powerful. Because when you're right, you know it. When you're wrong, you know it. But when you deceive, you don't have a clue. But when you couple that with spiritual force, shoo, totally mess it. This is what happens here. So you see that with uh, magicians and everything else. So basically, we've been laughing at our TV sets, and the enemy, by a sleight of hand, has been exchanging our values right under our nose. Yeah. Well, that's see that that's powerful because a lot of things I know, a lot of things that I preach or have preached in videos. A lot of times, I don't have explanation for why I said it. 
God just uh, told me to say it. And, well, well, your, your hope, you see, everything that you're hitting on is about influence. Because if you want to, if you want to shift culture, you got to have the, the influence, the spiritual influence that comes through music. Because that's that is what sustains the right climate for the for uh, for the new emerging culture to emerge. And the enemy knows this is what he's done in this nation. Um, sustained spiritual influence came into this uh, well, well, influence comes to a place you know it creates an atmosphere. And um, and when that's sustained over a period of time, it creates a climate. Right, the best way to sustain a climate is to create a mood. The best way to create a mood is with music. And like you've been saying, <laughs> it's the only channel of influence that affects both sides of your brain without resistance. It's just so funny, I was, I was in a place last week and I, I, I did this form. I said, okay, finish this sentence for me. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. And the whole audience said, oh, what a relief it is. And they don't even run that commercial anymore. That just shows the power. The other stuff just stays in your subconscious. But <laughs> it creates this climate. And so... Uh, for, for things to happen. Uh, even just last week, you know, we talked about this, and you talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago here in our own town, Arlington. Jo- uh, what's his name? Uh, Hip hop artist. Uh, uh, Jay Z. No, oh, not Jay Z. Uh, throw your hood up, guy. What's his oh, name? Oh, uh, Lil John. Lil John. In our, in our own whole town here. These kids are listening to this song called Throw Your Blankety Blank Hood Up, and then eventually he says, Well, see somebody from a different hood, go get them. But what's going on is there's spiritual influence that was released on that song. And an epidemic outbreak of demonic activity happened. That's what a pan, we call it pandemonium, is made up of two words. Pan meaning broad lawns. Daemon is the Latin word for demon. It's a demonic outbreak of activity. So what happens, this song comes on, these kids are under that climate, and all of a sudden these, th- these seeds of unrighteousness, now they have opportunity to grow. They're listening to this song. They come under the influence of it. A fight breaks out. They start going after the kids who are not from their hoods, just like the song, and two kids wind up shot, killed, because they were under the influence. So let me ask you this, Will, yeah. uh, because you sound like you've you got a spin on this, and I haven't talked to you about it. Okay. So, even using the music of a song that may be popular or have been popular that had secular lyrics or a lot of influence on it, mm-hmm. using a secular song and then putting Christian lyrics over it, like Kurt Franklin and Israel Halton and other artists like that do, uh, I mean, what does that do when it comes to influence? It's dangerous because what happens is, <clears throat> especially if you have a group like that, Earth, Wind, and Fire, who most people know by now that they were into, uh, you know, the worship of Egyptian gods, goddess. He actually, of course, like you said, channeled spirits from Egyptian gods so he could get, get his songs. You sample his stuff, and <clears throat> you're mixing influences. And some people say, well, you know, you, you're being, uh, oh, you know, uh, to whatever. Uh, you're being legalistic. No, really, really is not, because you, you understand the power of influence. See, when David played before Saul, he didn't sing a word. You know, they were just beats. <laughs> he was just beating on the heart. And because of the purity of his life, the spiritual influence of Jehovah changed the atmosphere so powerfully that it made any demons that were tormenting Saul leave. Right? Well, conversely, the enemy, the enemy inhabits the praises of his people too, just like you've been saying so well. And so these guys are, are mixing beats there's a mixture that's going on in the spirit realm. And uh, it, it, it's an open door to lead people into 
another fan. Well, here's the thing. With the, as, as much as I love these guys' uh, uh, creativity and their, and their gifting, I'm, I'm pretty sure that if they just spend time with God and the time with God, he would give them the beats looking for. He would give them the sound that would have influence that's greater than the Beatles or anybody else. But he's looking for some musicians that would totally sell out to him. That's the thing about influence. I'll kind of find out whether you're a celebrity or a star. The way people in either realm have mass influence over the masses, they have to totally sell out to the kingdom that they represent. Because the depth of your convictions will determine the power of your influence. Wow. And, so, you, you know, reading the back of albums, reading the back of some people's albums, especially Christians, you'll see, you know, their influences, and then they'll name a whole list of secular artists. Right. But what I've always believed, and you tell me if this is right or wrong, there's no way to be influenced just by the style of this person. Because you're going to actually begin to adopt and uh, their showmanship, their stage performance, and then that's going to make their influence your influence. Yeah, it, it, to, to a degree, especially some young person who's not, uh, 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 you know, doesn't know. It's like, you know, they look at the back of a Ty Tribbett album and they say, oh, okay, well, here is a, where he, he's, he's giving a shout out to Elton John or whatever. And this man's flaming homosexual, you know, Elton John is. So they start listening to some of these songs that he did or whatever. I'm just saying it's an open door. Why don't we just shut that door? Well, yeah, we don't have to associate with them. You know what's going on there? I'll tell you what's going on with it. What's going on there to a degree, uh, and I don't know what, to what degree these guys say, oh, these are friends of mine. I'm trying to minister to them or whatever. Minister to them in private, but don't put them on your public albums. Because here's what happens is, what happens is uh, they're creating this thing where they're trying to tap into somebody else's market. This is what Absalom did. Absalom, he's walking down the street with these 200 unsuspecting men. And now everybody was looking on the sidelines. They see all the people who are connected with him. They say, hey, this guy must be okay. And that's what they're looking for. They're looking for the okay. They're looking for the broader audience. That can be a dangerous thing. Even here in our own town, we see how the Absalom, uh, that same type of mentality is operating through uh, minister here, Terry Hornbuckle. Um, he's got all the right people around him and uh, took uh, his... Uh, his influence, which you know, I believe was definitely demonic influence, to a whole other realm. And it's interesting if you look at the hit the felt this council later on. He actually counsels Dave to sleep with all of. He casts counsels on sorry absolutely to sleep with all of David's concubines, mm -hmm. so he can increase his influence. And then he comes up with this strategy is so powerful uh, to to assassinate David. It would actually increase his influence that much more. See the wisdom of this world is earthly, is sensual, and is demonic. We gotta watch out for the thing, and this is the kind of stuff that I believe uh, Terry Hornbuckle came on. Uh, you know, I, I, I know him. You know, uh, 14 years ago, I was a member of his church, uh, and uh, we left. And for, those, and yeah. for those that don't know, yeah, this please. is a big to us here in the Metroplex area of Texas. This is a big deal because this pastor had over 2,500 members, right? And then uh, now he's in jail and he's facing charges of drug use and you know uh, sleeping with women and now he's confessed first he came out on the radio saying that he hadn't slept with anybody right. he, you know he, all the charges were lies and right. actually when he was on the radio I called into the radio and I begged him and his attorney to get off the radio Jesus. and I told him I said man please don't do this on the radio because if you're innocent don't say anything like Jesus did and they told me well if Jesus had radio and television he, he would have used that back then. 
And I'm like, okay, well, y'all just keep doing it. <laughs> keep, keep. You'll be back. <laughs> You'll be back on the radio. And so, and yeah. now he's come out and said, okay, well, I lied. Mm. The the sex and stuff is true, but I didn't rape consensual. him. I didn't rape him. I didn't it was kind of like Bill Clinton and that whole spirit of influence. Yeah. I believe that unleashed the whole it did. oral sex epidemic well, over it, our middle school. Well, the higher the authority, the higher the sphere of influence. You know, everybody under that person's authority get affected by the spiritual force coming. So it's kind of like whatever the leaders do in moderation, the people will do in excess. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but so that, that's what the Terry Hornbuckle, Bishop Terry Hornbuckle, uh, and he was actually your pastor. Yeah. And so you got to kind of observe, you know, some of the things that you told me that, that were happening, right. even in the church. And, and I tell people all the time, and I'm going to let you talk, but yeah. I tell people all the time, God going to give you flags. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you choose to see the flags or whether you choose to ignore the flags, they're going to be flags. They're going to be flags. And he's going to always give you warnings and flags to show you, hey, this is going a certain direction. Do you want to continue? Right. And so kind of talk about maybe some of the things you yeah. saw that pertain to what you... it, it, it pertain to what I'm saying is just an, an example of how Absalom exercised influence and also Terry. Remember, he, he, he had to connect himself with other people who had credibility. And this is a thing that, that, that he did. When, when he had this little church here in Fort Worth, Victor Temple was his name, um, he, he had like maybe 75 members, but he always said, hey, we're going to have the Cowboys in this church, Dallas Cowboys. We are going to have millionaires in this church. He's always sought after that kind of thing. And the and candy thing, he did have a gift for the word. You know, he, he unlocked that word and stuff will come out. It was powerful. But at the same time, saw this mixture going on. When he got out of that word, Doc, duck. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the legalism there was so bad. And, uh, and then we started hearing him say stuff from the pulpit like, curses anyone who speaks to someone who left this church. I can say that. Paul said it. He released his curse. I can release a curse too. Don't y'all talk to anybody who left this church. Like, okay, what is going on? But see, we've been, again, under this climate, under this influence for so long, we've been acclimated to it. We didn't know we were under, we're really, we're under charismatic witchcraft. Is that, that's what was going on. And so uh, the legalism got so bad, the control got so bad to where he was actually telling people to turn in their uh, how much money they made every month so that uh, uh, so that he could keep track of who's supposed to be tithing. And then he got to a place where he started kicking people out of church for not tithing. And so we drew the line there, not because we weren't tithing, but just because we thought, okay, something's out of whack here. Mm-hmm. So so my wife and I, we, we left and uh, and then about a year later, and this guy, he's preached hard against sin and everything else. But little we know that he was struggling with the very things he was shouting about pulpit women coming to us later on telling us that they'd, they'd had sex with him and couldn't have found out different affairs that he's had with uh, married women in the church and everything else uh, friends who tried to commit suicide and, and, and other things behind this man and all the foolishness that was going on and I would tell people don't go in that church people look at me like I you know, had the plague or something you know, how could you say something about the man of God how could you, no you don't understand you know, <clears throat> God loves Terry Hornbuckle so much that he allowed him to be exposed because he wants him to be free. Two, he doesn't want anybody else to go into that situation, any unhealthy church. If I find out a church is unhealthy, I'm going to tell people because I care about the flock. I minister to people just like everybody else do. So put a bookmark right there because we, we, we got to, <laughs> now you're getting to where I get all the time and 
folks tell me, you know, I'm not operating in love and, uh, uh-huh. you know, because I expose certain things that nobody else wants to touch. I yeah. call names when it's necessary. Right. I feel it's necessary. Uh, and I'm following biblical examples of it. And I tell people all the time, if there's not a biblical example of what you're doing, then you don't need to be doing it. Right. And that's that's what I believe. That's exactly right. And I think that's what has happened with our music industry, with different things. People are traveling music ministers. I'm a traveling <laughs> musician. I'm a, I'm a recording artist that ministers. And there's no biblical right. example of what you do. Right. And these people have to turn to homosexuality. I've turned all these things for personal accolades so they can feel good about what they're doing because there's no support of it or example of it in the word. It's a celebrity. That's what a celebrity is. Yeah, they have to be celebrated in order to feel it. So, uh, but I tell people all the time, you know, and and they they say, well, you're not operating in love. That's not Christ-like. That's not Christian. See, here's the deal. We're in the church right now. We talk, the word, I'm going to say this tongue-in-cheek. The word kind is in the Bible. The word nice is, and we have this sloppy, agape, uh, mamby-pamby thing in the church where we, we don't confront issues and deal with sin with pity. You know, Bible says speak the truth in love so that we may all grow up. There's no spiritual maturity right now because people don't want to say the real thing. They only want to say the right thing. And we have keep stuff covered up for 14 years and now we have a man calls himself a bishop on trial for you know, for, for, for rape. This could have been dealt with years ago, but everybody wanted to say, oh, well, just be nice and don't say anything bad. And look, look at, I mean, I'm on the other side of this thing. I have, I have friends that suffer. I have, I have friends who've been in that church and have been out and have walked away from God totally. And I can't, and there's no way uh, I can win them back to the Lord because they, they've, they've been so uh, wounded by the abuse that's going on there. Now, that, I'm, not, I'm not justifying where, where they are and their walk with the Lord or anything else. I'm just telling you the mess of this stuff creates the consequences of stuff. I mean, it, it goes on forever. So, in love, we, 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 we have to speak truth to this stuff. And truth don't feel good. It don't feel good. But, uh, you know, I wish um, we'd been talking about this right now 13 years ago. Right, right. And a whole lot of other people wouldn't have got caught up in all of the mess. And it would have been easier for even him to be healed of the situation. If it had been 13 years ago, he could have sat down for six months, got himself together, and been back up. Yeah. But now... Yeah. Well, you know, people people were more concerned about receiving his money and receiving, you know, uh, uh, all other stuff. I mean, it's, and this is how he, he worked his, his, his whole deal with anything. He, he, he went from a 75-member church to a 2,500-member church because he would give big money. They got this converted teaching going on right now um, saying, uh, you know, your gift will make room for you, okay? Now, that means, of course, anointing, gift, and talent, but it's been perverted to say monetary gift. Oh, yeah. So these guys, they'll give $50,000, $60,000 to somebody so they can sit on a platform at a, at a mega fest so they can sit on some stage uh, with a big venue of 80,000 people or whatever and then when people see him sitting there they say well there goes T.D. Jakes there's so and so Terry Hornbuckle must be okay and all the hearts of the men in Arlington will move towards absolute Terry Hornbuckle you right. see what I'm saying oh yeah it's the same same earthly central demonic you know strategy 
and, and, and I, we even saw that in the case because I know Deion Sanders and T.D. Jakes were actually named. Well, they, well, yeah, they, they were named, and then uh, uh, as, uh, as you know, they're friends with his, and he sought them out as friends because it was a part of his strategy. He became friends with one of the chapters of the Cowboys because, again, early on, he said, you know what? I'm, uh, we're going to have these people in the church. Why? Because they bring a crowd with them. They bring credibility, and they can take me to the next place of influence. And that's what he was all about. That's a sad situation, but the saddest part is that it's happening everywhere. It's happening Especially everywhere. for Christian television. I think Christian television is like the number one uh, centralized promoter of the personalities of people. Most definitely. And, you know, media exposure does not mean influence. You know what? Be honest. I've been, in my study on influence, I've been this thing for a while. The people I've seen in America that have the most influence are not the people with the people exposure. It's the people who decide, who created uh, sons and daughters after the gospel. All right. I ain't talking about sons and daughters that are perverted things unto themselves. I'm talking about people who break, you know, who are discipling other people and delivering truth. And so uh, that's 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 what I see going on. It's not it's not the people. Who have a, have a nice little catchphrase, have their little 15 minutes of fame. You take away their immediate exposure, and you'll find out what kind of real influence, and real impact they have upon society. Now, there are there are some people who have some exposure, but I'm saying by and large, we have a lot of celebrities. Well, because I think the problem is that you know, with a system like TVN and other systems, you have to seek out your own exposure. Right? See, people think. This is what Christians think. I don't know why they think it, but they think these guys are on TV because they preached a powerful message. Paul and Jan called them and said, I want you to be on TV so the world can hear it. They don't know that they call Paul and Jan and they pay a substantial amount of money each week to be on a TV program like that. And so they sought it out. God told me something when I first started ministry. He said, Craig, it is impossible for you to promote yourself and me at the same time. Jesus. Well, you know, uh, maybe that's why the Lord has been dealing with me. I've been, I've been traveling somewhere for five years, at least twice a month, uh, uh, preaching on, teaching on prayer, unity, and revival in the church. I only have business cards made up for a ministry because God has you know, been dealing with me. It's like, what I've been doing with you is so sovereign. I don't want you to touch me right now. Yeah. in terms of uh, how you get out there or, 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 or whatever. And, you know, he had me speak to crowds of 12. I spoke to crowds of 75,000. And it doesn't matter, because, especially because my, my assignment, your intercessor, it's all about agreement and having the right people in the right room to do what God needs to do. Right. So, really, most of us, all of our ministries should be like that to a degree. But the, the, the thing is this, and the whole thing with self-promotion and all that stuff, and we, don't, we don't need to be square you know, I mean, now, if God had caught me <laughs> about 10 years ago, <laughs> bro, I would have walked in the room, flashed my little business card with six, seven different titles on it, <laughs> and said, here you go, you right. know, and, right. and rolling through all uh, your fingers. Uh, rolling through, you all, rolling through <laughs> my fingers, like, yeah, Doc, I'm in your town, Doc, I got a word for you, Doc. <laughs> I got a word for all you. Man, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I don't know, you got to let me come and do this thing, man. <laughs> The Lord is sick of all the foolishness. Yeah. He's sick of the foolishness, and um, and uh, everything that can't be shaken, you know, will be shaken. I'm asking God, well, kill the celebrity in me. What what area have I given 
and we'll put them all into an absolute sphere. God killed that. You know, there's a slight difference in appearance from being an absolute David. You know, and, and, and it all goes to heart motivation. So that's that's my prayer. You know, the other thing too, you got the Hithophels in the body of Christ. You got these older men. See, the other thing about the Hithophel is this, is that he was actually Bathsheba's grandfather. <laughs> so, you know, you look at the situation, man, David said that Hithophel was his best friend in Psalm 55, but who feels betrayed? <laughs> the king, your best friend, sleeps with your grandbaby. <laughs> right. And kills a husband too to cover it up. So evidently he hadn't dealt with his issues. I believe that for every absent, there's an Ahithophel. In other words, there's some old, older gentleman. You know, they, they talk about church splits and everybody wants to call the young pastor that ran off with half the flock, you know, the absent. But you better go find Ahithophel because he's probably there. There's probably some old man who saw the wounds or saw the sin of the previous you know, uh, the pastor and saw some young little spiritual fat cat come along and decide to live vicariously through him. Say, hey, you know what? You know, me and some of the others, we've been seeing the anointing on your life. And I tell you what, uh, it's a whole lot more powerful than uh, the man you sitting under right now. I'm not going to say that, you know, we we won't call it the church fit. We'll just quote unquote pray about it. And uh, see, for every house, there's some hit the fit that somebody takes to the next place of influence. And Terry had that Well, that's the, you know, that's the happening thing now because most of our pastors are under the Catholic, the Catholic rule, which is what I call it. Uh, yeah, what's up with this bishop thing where you go get blessed by the, uh, cursed by the, <laughs> by the Pope? When black people start saying the Pope for well, the bishop thing? I, I tell people all the time, the homosexual bishop, the pedophile bishop, all these problems we're having with the so-called bishops of this country are because they've adopted Catholicism. Whoa. You adopt Catholicism, you adopt the curse of Catholicism. What's the curse of Catholicism? Self-worship, self-glorification, even manifesting it outwardly as self-desire or desiring your own image. That's, that's the curse of it, and that's what's happening. That's why now you hear, I, I just said it this morning on another interview, you hear Remember saying, that's my daddy. My no. da I'm saying, who are you no. talking about? My pastor, that's daddy, that's father. No, no, and the Bible man. said, don't do don't, that. Don't do that. Said in the last days, there'll be, you know, all these things will be happening in the Catholicism. Now they're happening in the black church. Yeah. The bishop is taken totally out of context. And so all these things come because of, you know, us adopting that Catholicism mentality. But what they don't understand is that's a way and it ties into everything you're teaching of influence because you stop the flow chart. You stop the flow of God to the people yeah. and you put a man in the middle. There's no more influence. And I know you probably studied this, but you can't have greater influence than be in between the people and God because you can, you become like a sifter yeah. or you become like a screen. And so what you want to come from God can come, mm. but what you don't want doesn't come. Oh, wow. Then what they do is they take the pastor and raise him above the other four folds of the ministry. Yeah, you so, know, can I say something? Yeah. That was one of the things that, that, that Terry told us uh, uh, early on. Before he called himself bishop, he called himself pastor, but he put this spiritual whammy on us when he turns to, turns to call him pastor. He said, you know, when I'm, when, when you call me Terry, you can't receive the blessings of the pastor. But when you call me Pastor Terry, then you can receive the anointing and the blessing that comes from the pastor. He said, the anointing's in the title. So you got to call me Pastor Terry. So I don't want to hear nobody from now on calling me just Terry. Y'all call me Pastor Terry. I 
But see, that's the deal. Matthew 23, the Pharisees, they were so concerned about titles. And so they put all this spiritual. I mean, I go to some places, man, they don't know what to say to me because they're so acclimated to this that's whole right. deal. They're like, uh, Reverend, brother, uh, 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 minister, uh, 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 doctor, what, what, what do we call you? Call me Will, you know. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. just call me Will or what? You know what I'm saying? Now, I know exactly what. So I'm not, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with a, with a title, but when you start getting okay because of the title instead of okay because of the cross, what Jesus did on the cross, that's when your title becomes a problem because you set yourself up as an idol, and an idol dictionary is something seen not lacking substance, the opposite of faith. Right. Faith is a substance thing that's hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. An idol is something seen like a substance. And, you know, what happens is people start looking to you and that title as the place for their approval and their acceptance. Right. And when that happens, things get out of control. Yeah. Because 10 years from that point, <laughs> once coming up, they won't know anything but titles. Don't know number titles, man. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so anyway, it's, it, 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 it's, it's freaky. But anyway, you, you were talking about this other thing with titles, and that's, that's, that's one thing that's real key to this. You know, if your spiritual authority is tied up in you having uh, the, uh, the, the title apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, or evangelist, praying your name, if that is the source of your spiritual authority, then uh, and honestly, you have no authority. Right. Yeah, and, they're, and, and they're all operational titles anyway. Yeah, so they're gifts in the body. You shouldn't be calling your. You shouldn't have to call yourself yeah. any of them. And that's yeah. what I tell people all the time. Hey, if your title is real, then you don't call yourself that. No, you don't call yourself that. You just operate in it and, and keep on going. But see, because the pastor has been lifted up above the four, mm-hmm. now that whole barrier between God and man. Now, when that gets corrupt as a bishop, which we know bishop and pastor is the same word in the Bible. I don't know why now it's different, <laughs> but it's the yeah. same word in the Bible. But when yeah. you got that barrier, which is what the bishop or the pope or the priest or whatever in the Catholic Church was, the barrier between the, the people and God. Yeah. You set that barrier there and then you put all other four folds of the ministry behind that barrier, then now... You don't have anybody to even check the situation. You can't get checked. You have no accountability. Right. You can't get checked. Can't nobody stop you. You do whatever you want to do. Can't nobody say that. That's why they think I'm a, I've been called a spiritual Malcolm X, a vagabond, and you name it by these big time bishops on their TV shows because they can't stop what God is doing through me. They want to have a hand on it with a platform and say, you know, man, you can't, you can't have no influence. I have the influence. So you need but, to submit. But to my here's the deal. Many of them do have influence, but it's second heaven. They are celebrities operating under the covering of principalities and powers. And I know that's just, that, that, that seems like extreme or whatever. But people, they have no idea. There are people out here with the name Bishop who are going around. They have candles. They burn candles. And they actually practice witchcraft. People don't know it. You got people who are bishops who do all kind of ungodly stuff who knowingly or unknowingly have influence that comes from the second heaven. Their influence comes from all the stars. I, I, I've never seen a time like we're in now, and I just can only imagine five, ten years from now what our kids are going to have to deal and with. And see, that's the thing. It's about the next generation. If we don't stop this foolishness now, what's going to happen later on? You know, to our kids, our sons, our daughters. You know, and that's, you know, people talk about prophets or whatever. You know, a true prophet is going to have a heart for the next generation. That's what Elijah did. He turned the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers to break a curse. 
of generation. And that's that's why I value what you're doing with the expenditure so much. And God has raised you up to be a prophetic voice right now because it's about the next generation. And it's about turning generation back to truth, towards righteousness. You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, in the black church, we understand, we understand justice. But we got to get back to righteousness. And justice, justice and righteousness are the foundation of God's throne. We have this, uh, this Anyway, that is perverted justice. I ain't gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, man, this has been powerful, and and uh, we'll we'll have your information your information be on the website on this, so people can bring you out to speak. And uh, man, I just I have enjoyed this. This just sheds so much light, and it's just a wonder. And well, it's not a wonder. I know why, but you know, you just don't get it on TV. You can't get it on the. You know, they're not gonna sit down and talk to you about something that's gonna incriminate them. So. Now, our, the body of Christ is just no system, no real system of checks and balances like God had built the fivefold ministry to be. And so now, That's why somebody can say, you do what I told you to do because I'm the pastor. That's why. Well, if your authority is based on that. That's about what well, I, I heard, uh, I was watching Juanita Bonham on TVN, and she said, you know, you don't question nothing the pastor says. She said, you're just a dumb sheep. How you gonna know what God is uh, telling the pastor to do? Uh, that's and, un- that's unfortunate that you said. And, and when when I heard that, I was like, dumb sheep. Right. And you don't you know, question nothing the pastor but, uh, says. And 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 the Revelation says to one that Jesus 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 to 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 one of the churches I have this against you. He talked about the whole thing with the ladies. He goes uh, against ladies. In other words, they were against. In other words, they treat them like they were dumb sheep. You know, you can't do that with a celebrity. That's what they do because they use their influence to be around the somebodies instead of being like a star and empowering the so called nobodies. Let me ask you this right before we close. Yeah, I know we're I'm out sorry. of time. Yeah. No, no, no. Do you feel like, and, I, and, and you know, I'm, this is not a chauvinistic statement about the women, but I, it seems like whenever I see a spiritual influence, unleashed to especially the black church it seems like the enemy always targets single hurting women right is there a connection in your studies with influence and you know going through that that specific channel yeah most definitely the reason why he goes after he goes after a single woman and especially a wounded single woman uh, he, he goes after him because of the woman's receptivity to spiritual things. Women are a lot more you know, receptive to the spirit realm than men are. One. Two, if you have a woman who is uh, trying to cover up brokenness in her life through religious activity, then it opens the door for a Jezebel spirit to come in. And what happens is Jezebel will uh, come in because we saw what she did there in um, in Kings, first thing she did, she, she marries a person who's supposed to be a spiritual leader, Ahab, and she runs the whole nation through that person's authority. But really, she's the person pulling the strings the whole time. And so, in the church, what this looks like is the, is the little woman who comes into the church and uh, she's very spiritual. Matter of fact, in Revelation, it says she's a prophetess, she calls herself a prophetess. So, she's a person who's spiritually astute. A new accustomed uh, to spiritual things because she has spiritual encounters. Many of them are brought by, by, by a false spirit, uh, a false prophet spirit, whatever. That's what we got to watch out for too. 
For every person that has a true prophetic calling in their life, there's a lying spirit right there trying to connect with them. I think that's why William Branham and all these others got off. Because they had this lying spirit operating there right there with them at the same time. Though it gave some truth, it eventually led them and all the people under their influence toward deception. Nonetheless, what happens is uh, this spirit comes in, takes over prayer meetings in churches, take over the take over your prayer group, and will begin to run the church uh, through the pastor and with all this spiritual stuff or whatever. And uh, uh, they're usually uh, the people who are operating under the influence of this thing are very, very emotional people. Um, they can cry at the drop of a hat. Why they need to cry? Well, because they control people with their emotions, with anger or whatever, and they put God's name in front of everything. God told me this, God told me that, or whatever, to add more credibility to whatever they're trying to get across or to their, to their agenda. So they use spiritual blackmail and all this other kind of stuff. But the funny thing is that <clears throat> a lot of times what they do is they'll get inside information on different things, and they'll present it before the public or before the church as if God said this, when really they were eavesdropping on somebody else's conversation or whatever. So it gives them the quote unquote credibility that they need so they can, so they can have more influence in the congregation. And the enemy, he'll give them, you know, demonic dreams that are true and stuff like that, expose sin just for the sake of exposing sin. And God's not into that. He's into these people and the healing and everything else. He wants to do it just so you can have a spiritual badge of courage on you and say, oh, look, I'm so spiritual. Anyway, I ain't going to go there. <laughs> well, I'll just say this, you know, like 9 11. 9 11. You know, we have folks in my little movement, prophetic movement, who are who are more excited about the fact that they that, that they had a dream that 9/11 happened than they were about the fact that people's lives were torn up and damn. Right. In other words, they didn't have God's heart, so they couldn't deliver a message. Man, I start getting emails about that. Man, so and so prophesied it back in 19 something. Who cares? Bernard Jordan man, got on TV and he knows he's a clown. But he got on TV and I said it. Remember Reverend Run? I prophesied. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, why did you call somebody? Right. Why did you call somebody? Right. Man, you I could tell somebody. You mean you could have got everybody out of the building right. and you didn't? Yeah, and, and see, here's what they do is what they do is they extend I had a friend say it to me like this he said what happens if we got to be careful that we don't extend our influence at the expense of somebody else's pain and misery and that's what these guys are doing when they do that you know it's, it's WV Grant standing in front of the house that's been torn down by a tornado A in his house <laughs> he just, he's just on there crying oh my house has been torn his house wasn't torn down over somebody else's well, that's an extreme example but and other, other, on the flip side of that, we got people who are doing this prophetic move, who are not carrying God's heart, but more excited about a word. We got to move to another place of maturity. And then they get on TV, and then they get on TV, and all they talk about is themselves. Oh, I talk about and God, not, and God showed me this, and, and God somebody me else. That. They'll be interviewing. I've seen them do this. This one white lady they call a prophetess, and every time she's on TV, TVN. She's talking to somebody, but it always ends up about what great move of God is going to happen with through her. her. And she'll even get intimidated by some of the stuff folks are saying and have to show herself to make sure you know that if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be on here. And that, that whole thing. So, you know, when the Bible talks about it in Timothy, and we got to go, but when the Bible <laughs> talks about it in Timothy, it says these are the sorts that creep into the houses of silly women, yeah. you know, obsessed. And, it, by- and that's what happens. Uh, you know, uh, even, uh, here locally, have a situation, same thing. Woman came in, you know, because see, that's the thing. Pastors are looking for people to pray. 
So it's Jezebel's spirit to come in, pray the house down, pray for hours. You know? And stuff will actually start happening you know, to a degree, but it don't last. So this flurry of spiritual activity happens. And then other women who, who, who are like her, like spirit, begin to gravitate toward her. And the enemy begins to captivate them. And it, uh, honestly, I've seen the thing turn to where people fall into lesbianism and pastors or whatever fall into sexual morality. So we have to be careful of this thing. So yeah, that, that older mother tries to come in and, and, and give them that. Man, I, we, we just have a, and we're going to talk about it in another uh, X-Cast, but we have a clip of even Bishop Jakes saying that Naomi and Ruth's relationship bordered lesbianism. Oh, and so now you've got, you know, that kind of, you know, preachers thinking on that level that are that, that are introducing this stuff. And then, so, so, so it's the women, I, I think, and, and we're going to close with this, but I think the influence, because even if you look up the word Lucifer in its original connotation, the Bible says that it is, a, or the, it'll show you that the word has a feminine connotation to it. Mm. So it's almost like the emotionalism or the emotional needs or the emotional desires of a woman are always targeted yeah. by influence because you can really change the whole your women they, they buy more they're they're more attentive they yeah. you know they and they're easily more easily influenced because the bible considers them the weaker vessel and that's not to put a woman down i wouldn't right. want to have a woman any other way right. as but as the weaker oh, bro, vessel. My, my wife has so much discernment on earth dog. i mean she pick up stuff that's clueless on and, and and that's when you when you get it right and that's oh, the yeah. thing when it's under the right authority when it's when they're operating right in it it can be the biggest asset to a minister Right. Because your wife can just spot it. It's like a radar. And it's the same thing with a, with a true intercessor. But, you know, we don't, we got, we got to clean up intercessory prayer because you know, we got a lot of, we got a lot of emotionalism going on right now. And not a lot of clean, strategic prayer. People hit, hit it right. So anyway. Well, man, I appreciate you coming, man. I feel like this was very informative and, uh, and I want to say, you know, it's all set in love. We're not targeting anybody and trying to tear anybody down and, and, and all of this. I just want people to know this is uh, just the kind of message that the body of Christ needs to hear so you can know what to look out for, what to watch, especially what to pray for. Right. Because if, we, if we're not going to call it out and deal with it, then the people, a lot of times, we won't know where to direct their prayers. Yeah. And, uh, so I appreciate you coming, Will, and your information. Yeah, I hope people will begin to bring you because you have a very powerful word uh, i believe for such a such a time as this and uh, we see you there and we praise god for you thank you blessings to you amen